The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio is what we are. <laughs> and a good Friday morning. Happy Father's Day weekend to all the dads out there. Thank you. We appreciate that. All of us fantastic fathers. Humble. Not this weekend. We're not. <laughs> I got a coffee cup that says I'm the world's greatest dad. Actually, I borrowed it from my neighbor. By the way, that's also a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah. What, what, there, is a, there is a funny one online. Uh, world's second best dad or world uh, number, number two at being a dad or something like that. It makes fun of the world's greatest dad oh, thing that's okay. been going on forever. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm honoring Look, my... Look, I, I rate somewhere in the top thousand, I think. <laughs> Maybe million. Maybe, maybe billion. And I'm wearing uh, my my T-shirt that honors my dad. Yeah. That says, "Get out of my chair." Nobody cares. Work harder. Oh yeah. Which uh, I found yeah. this on Amazon. I said I I need to wear that into the studio once in a while. So I wore it today uh, in honor of my father because uh, he he didn't want to hear any whining. Just get the job done. Shut up and get the job done. You. Oh, wait. You could add one word to change that shirt completely. The word to, T-O. Nobody cares to work harder. (laughs) Nobody cares to work harder. It changes the whole thing, doesn't it? Nobody cares to work harder. (laughs) Quiet quitting. You know, I I told you one of the best moments with my father, and it's when he told me that I should stay in this business. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, trying to think, what was it? Oh, the the worst moment with my father. Yeah, that that burned me to my soul. Mm. Now I would have been. I'm I'm going to guess sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I might have been younger, but you know mm. this this was in the line period. <laughs> <laughs> 
my lying era. This is my my lying period. Yeah. I can hear liberals. Which is right now. Yeah. Um it's <laughs> Yeah. And and uh, that was when, you know, my dad said, Stop being a stop being a BSer. Mm-hmm. Stop BSing. He just looked me in the stopped and then he he stopped saying that and he related me or he he uh compared me to a I'll just say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get specific on it because I don't want anybody to figure out who it might be, but an acquaintance of the family. Yeah. Okay. Who was the BS about everything. Yeah. And my father would always complain before my father ever called me a BSer or, you know, stop lying or whatever. Stop the BSer or the block? Yeah, let's I put guess it that we way. all had yeah. one of those, yeah. right? And and my and everybody knew it. Hmm. And as kids, it's the thing. As kids, you knew. You knew anybody was, any adult that was a BSer, you knew it. Mm-hmm. You made mm-hmm. fun of them as kids. Mm-hmm. And my father would, he no longer told me stop lying or stop trying to BS me. He'd simply say, Stop being, and he would mention that person. For some reason, he could. My dad could call me a liar. He could call me a BSer. That didn't bother me. But when he compared me to this other person mm-hmm. that we made fun of, mm-hmm. we as kids made fun of this person because we knew he was such a BSer, and it was so obvious. When my father compared me to him, who was so transparent that we made fun of him yeah i made fun of him and my father compared me to him i'm telling you that burned me to the to my soul <laughs> yeah as, as much of a soul as you can get to a teenager oh i just that oh, just... i remember one time lying to my mom and i remember how she just put it very and it was very quietly almost your word is no good and then she walked out of the room. She just lobbed this thing right in front of me in such a very quiet but dismissive tone. Yeah, but your word is no good. Uh, a matter matter of factly. It wasn't like well, I'm not gonna yeah, argue with you. Right. It's just matter of fact, your just word is no good. Yeah. <laughs> just like saying, you know, yeah, but that bread is molded. Oh, Just throw it out. Your word is yeah, no good. That's beautiful. I mean, that's it, it, very, very effective, punch, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the punch that I felt straight to my gut. And here's the problem. You know, you first catch your breath, but then there's no defense. And so immediately... And my mom has always been like that. I mean, she's always been, there have been things where, <laughs> you know, raising raising five children and, you know, having a husband go off to war. Uh, he had already been to war before they met, and then he joined the Air Force and then uh, went off to the Vietnam conflict. And so, you know, there were there was a lot of time for her to be, you know, the, the only... Uh, 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 authority in the house. But she just had that way. Very, very loving mom. But delivering that in the most effective way possible, knowing how I was going to respond to it, ultimately long-term. And I 
I didn't, you know, it was, it was very quick. And it stopped all of that, right? Because I really didn't have a lot of opportunity. I mean, I was, I was on the go a lot as a teenager. And I didn't feel like I really had to keep anything. We always lived in a small town. There was no point. And when we lived on base, no point in even attempting to lie to my dad because all, all the SPs on base were going to rat me out. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't, you just couldn't get away with it. Uh, but I tried that one time and then it just, the gut punch. And so, you know, obviously it was like, okay, that's never going to work. And I remember years later, uh, when I called to tell her that I had, I had received the offer to be the lead guitar player for Aerosmith. Yeah. I thought I better be careful how I approach this. <laughs> no, it's just, it was mm-hmm. just the one thing about parents is they know their children, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's it. If yeah. you, you, I mean, you, because they're, your children are part of you and you just, you understand, you can see their brain working and especially at that age. You know, you, yeah. you kind of see it. And well, the the funniest thing my dad ever did, mm. my dad could howl and make it sound like a perfect coyote or a mm-hmm. wolf. Yeah, I and mean, if he was out there, you went, "Oh my God, what the hell!" Yeah. And so our neighbors one time were holding a party. Yeah. And they were just really loud. It was still like about it was about midnight. Yeah. And my father said, "Well, I've had enough of this, Dad. Don't go over there screaming." He goes, "That's not what I'm going to do." Walks into the woods, in the mm-hmm. middle of the woods. He starts howling. Now, these people have got to be drunk or whatever. <laughs> Scared the hell out of him. My father's out there going. Because it's oh. right there. It's like. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You know, like making yeah. all these noises. And I'm just like watching this in the woods with him. And they're like, where's the flashlight? They're trying to find. They're all drunk. They can't. Yeah, because you showed and- me one time the house where where they live is, is on the edge of a wooded area. Yes, yes. So that would, you know, if you're sitting there and you're hanging out at night, that would scare the daylights out of you. Yeah, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't know. And, and you know, there's deer and once in a while there'll be yeah. a bear or something that will be, and I'm sure there's some coyotes and they're not a lot of coyotes mm. in, in that uh, part though, but mm. they just didn't know. And these people, they're all, you know, yeah. it's midnight, 1230. They're making so much, you could just stop. Ah! My father scared the daylights out of him. That was so great. I, just, <laughs> I saw a pack I had, of uh, coyotes the other night or morning when leaving here. Four. I had, I had a whole new respect for my dad. Did you really? Yeah. 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 Well, they're in my area. Yeah. I have, I've got coyotes. I've got, uh, and what do you call it? The uh, the small uh, bobcat. Bobcats. Yeah. You got bobcats. So. Yep. I saw they, a raccoon. The size. This thing was the mat. It was a massive raccoon. And in my neighbor's yard uh, recently. I've never seen a raccoon this big. I, I had to, I had to really get up a little closer to make sure it was a raccoon. It was a raccoon, and it was eating well. Whatever it was eating, but yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. that would scare me yeah, if I my, heard that right. My out. dad was just great, and and I will say this: I'm sure you, you, uh, you feel the same way. I, I, you know, one of my my one of my best friends, his father died when he was 18. Yeah. Almost a half century ago, mm. Mm. and I've had my father that whole time, and I had my mom till just, you know, three years ago. Yeah, and you know, as I always said, I had my, I had my parents till I reached retirement age. Yeah, yeah, and still having my dad around now, 
in a way, yes, you're an adult and yes, you're grown up. But I know a lot of people I know that have lost their parents, even when they've been older, they said, eh, that was a day I really had to grow up because I was on my yeah. own. Yeah. Even if you were on your own, well, there's just that that blanket of security and and power that and direction with, and direction that that and morality yeah. that that, yeah. you know, is always is always, you know, there. And, you know, my father at 97 still has it. Yeah, my know? um. He, I don't know if he knows he has it, mm-hmm. but uh, he has it. <laughs> yeah, you know, my my dad and my mom are are my true north. I mean, that's that's just where you know it's always yeah. been centered. And you and I have had this conversation re- recently off the air about uh, you know, and I'm I'm in the same boat. I had friends uh, whose fathers didn't come home from a war that mm-hmm. my dad returned from, yep. and I, you know, so I'm I'm grateful for that time. Uh, recently on his 90th, uh, my siblings were able to, uh, take him out on his boat. I was not able to meet that, uh, or to meet them for that on that day. Uh, but they went out on his pontoon boat. They all went fishing and just had a, you know, a great time. And, um, you know, there's, there's no way to, to repay that. And, and, and my dad's life as a child was not great. Uh, so it could have gone very differently. You know, he was able to uh, be a great father and a great leader, uh, a great public servant uh, in the military. Um, And, you know, and my mom, the same. And that's, you know, something that that is with me Mm -hmm. every single day. It really is. And I I think how blessed you are when you do have your parents live as long as my parents uh, Mm -hmm. lived. Mm-hmm. Because I I always thought about this when my mom passed away. Of course, there was terrible grief, but there was always, and I knew it even when my parents, you know, were in the, my mom when she reached her nineties and my dad was in his nineties. Well, in his nineties, uh, I thought to myself how blessed I am because so many people did not. So when I lost my mom, there was actually another gift that came there, which is you have the grief, but there was also such an appreciation that I had her for such a long time, that helped blunt the grief a little bit. It really did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, boy, was I lucky. Boy, was I lucky. So many mm-hmm. people didn't have it. And so you're actually blessed in a few ways. You are because they're around for such a long time, and then you're blessed because, you know, of the of the psychology of having them around for such a long time and being so appreciative even after they're gone mm-hmm. that it does, I think, blunt the grief. I mean, the grief's still bad for everybody, but still... I think it does help blunt the grief. And and when grief is replaced or some of it is substituted with appreciation, mm-hmm. it does make it better. Sure. It does make it easier. It tempers the loss. Yes. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Most of the movement regarding U.S. meat production and price forecasts in June centered on the beef sector. USDA World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski says for production. For this calendar year, we raised our forecast by 170 million pounds, and that reflects a combination of higher cattle weights, increased marketings, and a little bit higher cow slaughter. For next year, we raised our beef production forecast just slightly, 50 million pounds. Higher placements in the second quarter of this calendar year will be slaughtered next year and contribute to that higher production next year. As for steer prices. Beef supplies 
already relatively tight, but demand is very strong. We're seeing record high prices for cattle. With steer price forecast this year up over $5 per hundredweight from the previous month, an increase by $7.75 in 2024. For meat trade, the main action centered on pork exports. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So there it is right there. Yeah. In the, the headline, Michael Schellenberger, hmm. New York Post. We now know the first three people to get COVID worked in the Wuhan lab. When will the U.S. government act? And uh, he, along with uh, Matt Taibbi and uh, uh, Alex Gutentag, you know, the first two, Taibbi and Schellenberger, hmm. from the Twitter files, mm-hmm. And Schellenberger, we've talked before uh, about he's much like Bjorn Lumberg on climate change, believes that man is impacting it, but believes what the liberals are doing are, is completely the opposite of what they should be doing. Yep. Yep. Uh, Schellenberger and Taibbi, I don't know about the other gentlemen, but they're liberal. You know, yeah. I'll say this. They're old school liberal. They're not the modern insane yeah. liberal of today. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they have the traditional, you know, uh, had the traditional don't know where they stand today after everything because as we've always said the liberalism of yesterday led to the liberalism of today we always tell bill maher that Mm. Uh, but uh, it's no longer a question that the covid19 virus leaked from chinese uh the chinese notorious wuhan institute of virology laboratory what's more this week my colleagues and i broke the explosive story that the first three people sickened by the virus were the scientists experimenting with the SARS-like coronaviruses. 
Sources within the U.S. government say that the three of the earliest people to become infected were all members of the Wuhan lab. When a source was asked how certain they were that these were the identities of the three scientists who developed symptoms consistent with the COVID-19 in the fall of 2019 before the virus spread around the world, we were told 100%. Now it's up to Congress to demand answers from the intelligence community, the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director, Anthony Fauci. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in February of this year, the director of the FBI, Christopher Ray, told the reporter that the FBI uh, has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Why then didn't he say something sooner? The cover-up was vast and insidious. Our sources were terrified to tell us what many had long suspected. They only did so because they are outraged as American people, as the American people should be, and felt a moral obligation to speak out. Still some wonder why this all matters. The pandemic is over. Who cares how it started? The answer is in part that the cover-up is indicative of the rot at the heart of many American institutions. The abuse of power by partisan and ideological officials at the highest level of the American government threatens our democracy and civilization as the pandemic proved dramatically. Not only did the highly infectious respiratory virus kill millions, but the response to it also shut down businesses, schools, upended societies, and caused enormous collateral damage. Government threw out their pandemic playbooks, which until COVID-19 had centered around voluntary measures and protecting high-risk groups, not closures, shutdowns, and mandates. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So the Schellenberger Tavy story uh, about sources inside the uh, U.S. government say that the first people affected by COVID were the scientists at the Wuhan lab working in gain-of-function research. Makes sense. Made sense all along. Yep. Uh, and if I, you're enhancing a virus to see that if, if it can be, uh, 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 more easily communicated between humans, if that's your entire goal inside that lab, then the humans inside that lab are going to be the ones at greater risk. It's it's not a stretch. It's something we've been on from the beginning. It was it was a, it was a logical thing, and and I just want to read the last part of it again. I didn't I didn't finish it, but I think it's worth repeating because of everything that we went through. Some still wonder why this mm-hmm. all matters. You're gonna I mean you've heard that already. COVID's over. Why why are you so focused on what happened in the past? If some still wonder why all this matters. A pandemic is over. Who cares how it started? The answer is, in part, that the cover-up is indicative of the rot at the heart of many American institutions. The abuse of power 
Mm. bipartisan and ideological officials at the highest levels of the American government threaten our democracy and civilization as that pandemic proved dramatically. Not only did the highly infectious respiratory virus kill millions, but the response of it also shut down businesses, schools, upended societies, and caused enormous collateral damage. Governments threw out their pandemic playbooks, which until COVID had centered around voluntary measures and protecting high-risk groups, not long-term school and business lockdowns and mask mandates. And in the name of public safety and preventing vaccine hesitancy, governments declared war on free speech. Facebook censored the New York Post accurate February 2020 uh, op-ed pointing to a lab leak as the cause. Twitter kicked journalists off its platform, and the White House uh, threatened Facebook and Twitter with extinction in the form of revoking their license to operate if they didn't censor often true content, including stories of vaccine side effects. Now we know that many people within the federal bureaucracy have strongly suspected that COVID came from a lab and were too terrified to say anything publicly. The people we interviewed for our story weren't the only federal employees who felt compelled to share what they knew. For the last six months, we've seen whistleblower after whistleblower come forward bravely as the law allows only to be punished. FBI officials punish whistleblowers for exposing the agency's targeting of innocent Americans for domestic terrorism and violent extremism. China deserves plenty of blame for what happened. The Wuhan lab had repeatedly failed to maintain proper safety levels, and totalitarian societies, by punishing dissent, can't self-correct in the way that democracies can, but U.S., Powerful U.S. officials enabled the disaster. In 2014, President Obama, do a little history lesson here. Very good, Schellenberger. President Barack Obama had banned the gain-of-function research that likely caused the pandemic. Fauci and his collaborators violated the spirit, if not the letter of the law, by sending that research to China and spinning it as something other than gain-of-function. Remember that debate between Rand right. Paul and him? Right. The abuse of power is pervasive in the federal government. Congress must act now to create an independent and bipartisan commission on the origins of the COVID pandemic and why U.S. government officials participated in its cover-up. Congress must also take immediate action to defund and dismantle just so you know, Schellenberger came up with uh, this phrase, mm. the censorship industrial complex. <laughs> I like that one. Whereby contractors of the Department of Homeland Security and National Science Foundation demand that Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms censor disfavored speech, including often true speech or a worthwhile hypothesis like the lab leak theory was which has since been proven. 
and Congress must establish stronger oversight over its biomedical establishment. The worshipful news media coverage of Fauci is particularly appalling in retrospect now that we know that he personally sought to squelch the lab leak hypothesis for self-interested reasons. The greatest change of all must be in the way that Americans view their leaders and institutions. We must be much more suspicious of the official narrative. The people who cry, oh, this is it right here. You ready? Here we go. All right. The people who cry disinformation are often trying to censor accurate but inconvenient truths. Again, the people who cry disinformation, which is the Democratic Party, are often trying to censor accurate but inconvenient truths. And the people who accuse others of spreading conspiracy theories are, as we have just seen, often conspiring to spread their own disinformation and conspiracy theories. To the point that they wanted to have a disinformation czar. Yep. But look at the entire effort here and weaponizing the government and coming down on social media. We're going to control everything. You know, it really makes me wonder mm-hmm. when you think about uh, all of those so-called former employees of the FBI that went over to Twitter. Were they former? Or was the FBI just setting up shop at social media? It was very clear. You couldn't discuss this. You couldn't discuss the laptop. There were... It was weaponized to the extent that I thought at some point, I mean, they're going to come after somebody. What if somebody created an all-new social media and started posting it there? What are you going to do there? The massive, massive enforcement effort against the truth should scare the hell out of every American. And then we remember the Great Barrington Declaration where these Mm -hmm. medical professionals came out and said, we're doing it wrong. Right. And Fauci went after them. Yep. Why? Because it came to realize you shut down the damn society and you didn't have to. Right. It didn't make a difference. Right. And Democrats knew they had control. We could control things we can control the uh, the economy. We can control what people, where people go. We can control the language, the, the the conversation about it, because we have enforcement over at the social media offices. We can control all of this. Mm-hmm. Nobody will find out that we were working to enhance a virus. To make it more contagious amongst humans because we will squash every word of the truth. And then then we talk about the things that we always knew, that it didn't affect young people. Right. What we did to young people was shutting down schools the way that we did. There was no reason to shut down schools. Republicans were having the debate in the House yesterday or two days ago. And Nadler saying, no, it was right that we 
put the masks on all two-year-olds. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. It was the wrong thing to do. We all know scientifically what they did was the wrong thing to do. The Great Barrington Declaration and uh, uh, what's it, Dr. Betachaya and, and the other people that were demonized, that were demonized as being, you know, unprofessional and not medical and, you know, not, yeah. not looking at, and they right. were the ones that actually were doing the actual science of medicine and viruses and Fauci and the CDC and the Democratic Party influence over all of it was playing games. Why? To save their own backside. Now we know it because the United States was involved in funding gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab, and that's how it all started. So they were all covering their posteriors is what they were doing, and so they had to shut it down because they were the ones to blame, and they knew it. Yeah. Fauci knew it. Man, I cannot wait to see Rand Paul because they'll call Fauci in again. Yeah, this isn't going to go well. I can't wait for Fauci. I can't wait till that happens. But that coming out yesterday, or, you know, was it yesterday or the day before? Hmm. Yesterday, I know we talked about it at the end of yesterday's show that uh, the first three people to get COVID worked in the Wuhan lab. And think about everything that the left attempted to do to shut down society, shut down free speech, punish people who didn't agree with them. Yep. And in the process, mostly doing the wrong thing. And when it was pointed out by the scientists that were... Had you know they had, they had no ulterior motive, just to tell the truth. Fauci and company attempted to destroy them and destroy their lives, yep. and destroy their careers. Well, I mean, John Stewart goes on Colbert, and then he's cut out of the liberal pack for saying, I don't know, the obvious. But it may have been his funniest bit ever. Well, it's funny because it's true. Certainly applies there. And now we see it. Now we know. Now we know. What most of the world has suspected. And it's time for the GOP to get to the bottom of all of this. Our money went to this and if they're covering that up then I have to ask the question is that because it's still going on with other viruses that's a great point it's why you want it stopped it's why you want to get to the truth it's why you want to expose all this so you can end it and make sure it doesn't happen again And the American people have a right to know. This is insane. I know. This is insane. I I, I can just see what comes. I can see what comes out. Well, those three scientists happened to go to the fish market that day. And yeah. All enjoy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just happened to be the case. Uh Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. 
and come uh, back and do their work uh, I, uh, on nothing related. I wonder how loud the Republicans are going to be on this today as the Trump thing dies down, which it will because there's not going to be any new thing. It's a global I, pandemic. It's worthy of the loudest voices. Yes, it is. People should scream about this. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Want to wish all the uh, fathers out there a very, very happy Father's Day, Eric. Happy Father's Day to yes, uh, thank you very much to uh, uh, to you and uh, yeah, happy Father's Day yeah. to all the dads out there. And I hope I uh, hope you get to see your dad. I will that, that on I, I Sunday. Mean, yeah, I mean everybody. Oh, gets, yeah. That, well, this every, is about me right now. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> well, then I, hope, I hope you get to see your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about listeners. Uh, yeah, no. We hope that everybody uh, has a a wonderful Father's Day. Uh, weekend and um yeah i will definitely i'm gonna make the uh, trip up there actually on father's day uh and so i think my sister will have delivered the gift by then and uh, that ought to be great and then my my cool little extra gift uh but but hanging out uh, we do have a three three day weekend for those uh that didn't hear it earlier we're back monday night tuesday morning um and uh so I'm sure the floor will fall out the moment we leave. Here. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> on major oh, news stories. You know, you know the best thing. Yeah, when I land in Buffalo. Yeah, later on this afternoon. Right, seventy degrees. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> I know, man. Wow, that's. I wish you could share that with some of us down here. Uh, but happy Father's yeah. Day to your dad, mm-hmm. and the best to him, and uh, safe travels. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.